John chapter 15, verse number 7. Hallelujah. It says, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you should ask what ye will, and it should be done unto you. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you should ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the hunger and the thirst that you've put in our hearts for the word. Lord, we thank you for the power of the word. Lord, we thank you for the ability of the word. Lord, we thank you for the faith that the word produces. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that the word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Lord, we thank you that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth, Heavenly Father. Lord, grace us to receive your word. And we ask that your word would not go by the wayside, not go on stony ground, not go on shallow ground, but Lord, let your word deeply penetrate our hearts that we may bear fruit for your glory. Psalm 30, Psalm 60, Psalm 104. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. John chapter 15, verse 7. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. As we walk through this passage, as we walk through this verse, we're going to see point one, that if we abide in him and his word abide in us. Point two, we should ask what we will. And point three, it should be done unto us. Now we know that he wasn't speaking He was speaking who he was speaking to. He was speaking to his disciples who would be apostles. He was speaking to those who had walked with him and lived with him and received his word. And they were cleansed by the word. And they were cleansed by their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. Because they knew that they were sinners in need of a savior. And when Jesus came, working his miracles, when Jesus came with the word of the father, when Jesus came, they knew that he was the Messiah. They knew that he was the promised one. They knew that he was the savior of the world. They knew this. And as a result, that they knew that they were sinners, they repented of their sin and they put their trust in Jesus. They repented of their sin and they put their lives in the hand of the hands of the man that walked on water. They put their trust in the hands of the man that fed the 5,000 besides women and children. They put their faith and their trust in the hand of the man who raised the dead. The God-man, Jesus Christ, whom if we put our trust in him, our sins will be forgiven. If we put our trust in him through repentance and belief, then we are his friend. For he said, you are my friend if you do whatsoever I command you. <coughs> Someone asked, they said, what's the work of God? Show us the work of God. Ask Jesus this question. And Jesus said, the work of God is to believe on him 
whom he has sent. So we've had the Last Supper. Jesus has girded himself with the towel and got the basin out and washed the disciples' feet. Jesus explained to them that he was grieved because someone was going to betray him. Then Judas left to go who knows where. And if Jesus explains to them, I go away, but where I'm going, you can't come. So all these things were happening. And Peter said, I, well, I'll go with you. Where are you going? I'll die for you. And Jesus explains to him, well, Peter, by the time the cock crows, twice you'll, be, you'll deny me thrice. And so all these things are going, in, going on, all this fear, all this doubt, all this uncertainty, all this concern, their hearts were troubled. And so Jesus went on to explain and encourage them, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He went away to prepare a place. He explained to them that if I go to prepare a place for you, then I'm going to come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, you will be also. So he's encouraging. In John 14, he's encouraging them that I will not lead you comfortless, but I will come unto you. And later on, he tells them in uh, John 15 and 1, and this is ours before he's beaten beyond recognition. This is hours before he's hung on a cross. Hours before he's encouraging them and he's talking to them and he explains to them, hey, you know what? The enemy is coming and he has nothing in me. And he proceeds and he walks with them and he tells them in John 15 verse 1, I'm the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch of me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the words that I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He that abided in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If you abide, in, if you abide not in me, he, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burnt. But here we are today. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, you should ask what you will and it should be done unto you. Let's look at the first point. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Judas. Judas had an opportunity for. He had an opportunity to abide in Christ and let his words abide within him. He abode in Christ. But Christ's word did not abide within him. He looked apart. He looked good from the outside. He seemed to be a devout follower of Christ. But Christ's word did not abide within him. Did his word go by the wayside? Was it on stony ground? Was it among thorns? Within his heart? I don't know. But I do know 
that he was not a true believer. And Jesus told the disciples that believed in him in John 8, 31, 32, if ye, ye didn't believe in me, if you continue in my words, you're my disciples indeed. And you know the truth and the truth will make you free. God wants to make us free to be able to serve him in the way he intended. He wants to make us free from the things of this world, the bondage of this world, so that we can be free to be slow to speak and quick to hear. So we can be free to allow the fruits of the Spirit to flow through us. Thereby, God will be glorified. But that freedom came at a cost. And that cost was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Even now, there's a cost for us. Salvation is free. It's a gift. But it requires self-denial. Salvation is a gift. It's free to us, but it requires to receive that gift taken up our cross and following Jesus. Repentance is required. And with man, this is impossible. It's impossible for a man to change his nature. It's impossible for us to move from darkness to light. With man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Amen? We have to be born again. The first time we were born of water and blood. All of us come that way. But the second time, we must be born of the Spirit. And that requires repentance and, and belief and trust in Christ. Abandon the way that we think. Abandon the ways of the world. Abandon the counsel of the world. And follow the words of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God will strengthen us to do it. He'll enable us to do it. Give us the faith to do it. Give us the patience to do it. Give us everything that we need to do it. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Abide in him is related to repentance. Abide in him is related to listening to his word. Abiding in him is related to praying. And calling upon his name. Abiding him is related to our posture toward Jesus Christ. As followers of Jesus Christ. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, his words abiding in us is related to allowing us to be strengthened and empowered to follow him. Allowing us to be strengthened and empowered to be cleansed. And to separate the good from the bad. Because the word of God does that. The word of God challenges us. And it shows us light. And it shows us what adjustment needs to be made. And it shows us what it's requiring. And what followers of Christ look like. If we abide in him. And his word abides in us. Jesus tells his disciples this. He is encouraging still. He's still encouraging and giving this new covenant of how things are going to work. Because it's different than the old covenant. 
This is a new covenant. And he's explaining the wherewithal and how it's going to work. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Point two, we can ask what we will. See, when we abide in him and his word abides in us, as new creatures in Christ, our desires will change. We will no longer desire to ask questions, seek things after the flesh. We're no longer desiring to seek things by the lust of the eye. We're no longer desiring to seek things by the lust of the eye, the pride of life, lust of the flesh. But now we're desiring to seek things of the spirit. And because our desire has changed, our requests have changed. They will change. And now God can honor our requests because they're of him. Our thoughts are of him now. Our desire is of him. Our life is of him now. We no longer walk in darkness. We no longer walk in the way that the world does because we're about in him and his words about in us. And now we can ask what we will. Why? Because our desires have changed. Our hungers have changed. Our thirsts have changed. And now when we used to ask things according to the flesh, when we used to ask things according to the lust of the eye, when we used to seek after those things in the world, it has changed. And now we want to seek after the things of him. We want him to be glorified. We want to lift him up. We're thinking about things that are good, things that are lovely, things that are virtuous, things that are pure, things that are a good report. We're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things have passed away and all things have become new. We're new creatures in Christ, so now we're asking for things according to his word. And we're asking, not in my name, and we're not asking in the name of the world, but we're asking in the name of Jesus. Because there's no other name under heaven whereby men may be saved. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. And we desire to bow the knee. And we desire to confess. Because we are new creatures in Christ. And our desires have changed. And so we can ask whatever we will. Because we're going to ask according to his will. If we are abiding in him and his word is abiding in us, there's going to be such a change in our character that the things that we ask for now, we want to glorify God. We want to glorify God with our conversation now. We want to glorify God with our hands now. We want to glorify God with our feet now. We no longer desire the things of this world. The things of this world don't satisfy us. So we ask different things. We have a different desire. So you can, as a follower of Christ, through repentance and belief, one who's abiding in him and his word is abiding in you, you can ask what you will. You know why? Because your desires have changed. Point one, if we abide in him and his word abide in us, point two, we should ask what we will. And point three, it should be done unto you. Think about a child, an immature little child. The things they ask for may not be good for them. So they may ask for things that you're not willing to give them. You can give it to them, but it's going to hurt them. You can give it to them, but it's not best for them. As we seek after the Lord through repentance and belief, 
as we allow God to convert us through his word and through faith and our desires are changing, God is going to answer the prayers that are according to his will. We're asking in the name of Jesus. That means that we're not asking from a point that we want our desires met, our fleshly desires met. We're not asking from a standpoint because we're asking in pride. We're not asking from a standpoint because we just want to accumulate things in this world. But we're asking in the precious name of Jesus. And if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he'll do it. We have the petition of what we ask. Look at this precious promise. Look at this glorious promise. Look at this glorious and precious and great promise that we have of the Lord. In other words, God is going to back us. As we're going through trials and as we're going through difficulties. And as we face things that are too difficult. And as we face fear and depression. God is going to empower us by a spirit to overcome because we're asking in his name according to his will. So God will equip us to do what he's called us to do. And what has he called us to do? Be a light. What has he called us to do? Love those, our enemies, and bless those that curse us. What has he called us to do? To be in this world but not out of this world. What has he called us to do? To be salt. What has he called us to do? To be like him. As we abide in him and his word abide in us, we're going to be like him. We're going to think like him. And what is that going to look like in a practical sense? That means that we're going to love those that hate us. We're going to bless them that curse us. The Bible says, while we were yet in sin, Christ died for the ungodly. While people are yet in sin toward us, we're going to be godly toward them. We're not going to render evil for evil, but we're going to overcome evil with good as followers of Christ. And because this is our posture now, and because those are our desires now, we desire to glorify God now. We desire to do his will now. We desire to be set apart now. We desire to not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. We desire not to stand in the way of sinners. We desire not to sit on the seat of the scoffer. Why? Because as followers of Christ, through repentance and belief, our heart changes. We are new creatures. We are not the same person. We look the same. We got the same freckles. We got the same moles. We got the same teeth. We got the same eyes, but on the inside. The Holy Spirit resides within us now, and we have been quickened, made alive. We're new creatures in Christ now. We have new desires, and we're asking in Jesus' name. And because these things are evident and true within us, God will do what we ask. Praise God for that. It's kind of like when you go and work for a restaurant. They give you instructions. On how to wash the dishes. They give you instructions on how to prepare the food. They give you instructions on how to serve. Not only that though. They give you a uniform. Why? Because while you're working there. You represent the company. They give you a uniform. 
They give you all the tools that you need to accomplish whatever it is they want you to do. If you're a cook, they got all the cooking utensils, all the pots, all the pans, the water, the waterworks, the refrigerator works, everything that you need, the knives, the cups, the spoons, the bowls, everything that you need, they give it to you because you have a job to do and they equip you to do it. If you're a server, they give you an apron. If you're a server, they teach you how to go in and how to come out and what side to put the items on and how to take orders. Everything you need to do that job is there for you. In the same way with God, if we abide in him and his word abide in us, he equips us to walk in light. He equips us with new desires. He equips us with new and makes us new. So we can ask anything we want to ask because we know not to ask those things contrary to his desires because we no longer desire those things. We no longer desire to front and stunt for people. We no longer desire to keep up with the Joneses, but we desire to glorify God. And as a result of this new desire, we can ask what we will. Why? Because it's his pleasure to give us the kingdom. It's his pleasure that we'll bring forth fruit. So praise God today. In Jesus Christ, we are new creatures. In Jesus Christ, our desires have changed. You remember when you desire the things of this world? You remember when you hunger and thirst after the things of this world? But as followers of Christ, we have new desires. Amen. But if we're still desiring the things of this world, if we're still seeking after the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life, if we're still walking in ungodliness, if we have not been changed, that means that we have not truly repented. And we're not truly trusting in Christ through repentance and belief. And we're not new creatures. That means the wrath of God is still upon us. Because the only way to be right with God is through Jesus Christ. There's only one mediator between God and man. And that's Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. And he's the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. Today, the Spirit is crying out, come. Today, if the Spirit is crying out to you, repent. Today, if the Spirit is crying out to your heart, and you see your sin, and you know you're a sinner, and you know you need saving. Jesus saves. Today is the day to request, to cry out to God, Lord, save me from my sin. Lord, grace me to repent and trust in you. God is able, amen. I've heard the songwriter said, if you had to go way low, Jesus will lift you up. He will lift you up out of your sin. God will lift you up out of your sin and out of your shame and give you a new heart and give you a new life and equip us to do everything that we need to do. The first thing that's required, though, is for you to realize that you're a sinner. And that apart from him, you can do nothing. And that he's your only hope. And then we cry out to him for salvation. We cry out to him. 
And he hears our cry, a sincere cry. And he forgives us and gives us the desire, the hunger and thirst to follow him through repentance and belief. Hallelujah. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you should ask what you will and it should be done unto you. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for your word. Thank you, Lord God, that your word heals. Thank you, Lord God, that you sent your word to heal your people. Thank you, Lord God, for the conviction upon our hearts even now. Lord, thank you, Lord God. Lord, you chasing those that you love. Grace is to be zealous and repent, Lord God. Grace is to receive your word, even as new creatures in Christ. All old things are passed away and all things become new. Thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord God, that as we abide in you and your word abide in us, we can ask what we will. You equip us to do your will. You equip us to live this life. And it's your desire that we will bear much fruit. Thank you that your word will fall on good ground. Thank you, Lord God, that you're in this place even now. Grace us to abide in you and allow your word to abide in us. Lord, that we may ask what we will according to your will. And Lord, you would do it that we may be that you may be glorified. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.